back, everyone. This is episode number 44, and we are in our third week of reviewing Doctor Who Series 10. And we are in the, like I said, third week, so third episode. And we are literally standing on thin ice because that is the name of the episode. Thin ice, third uh, story. And we've got Bill back as the companion. And we have the doctor, of course. And we also have Nordle, too. And joining <laughs> me tonight, as always, Clarence Brown. Hey, Clarence. Hey, Kyle. How's it going, man? Ah, it's going pretty good. I'm into a third week of enjoying Doctor Who, so no complaints for me. What about yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's going going good, man. Going good. Uh, getting settled down after a, a busy weekend and a busy week last week. Uh, actually went up to the uh, CTX event from C Spire in Oxford. Uh, so I got to see uh, Randy Zuckerberg speak oh, cool. there, which... What's what's pretty interesting, uh, as well as uh, the CIO for the NFL, uh, Michelle uh, McKenna Dole, and also an AI expert named Dr. Brian Uzi. So, yeah, I, I helped out with the event up there and got to hear some cool talks. So, it's been a, f- a fun week last week and. Uh, You know what was cool (laughs) about that picture that you uh, showed, and this was a comment that Lee made, so I'm going to steal it from him, which was that particular picture, you had a small robot in front of you, and how (laughs) ironic that we just finished reviewing Smile, which had to do with small robots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a robot named Pepper, which uh, was very eerily similar to the robots in Smile. So (laughs) it was a lot of fun. So tell me, what did, just out of curiosity, what did Pepper do? Uh, Pepper could do, could actually, uh, it had sensors to actually see you and interact with the person. Um, It could talk and you could give it commands or like Siri and they'll give you responses and do certain gestures. It could dance. It could, uh, yeah, just, just a wide array, array of robotic type things. <laughs> it was pretty cool actually though. Very cool. 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 Well, it actually sounds like something, you know, early generation of something that we'll review probably sometime this summer, which is, uh, humans. And I know that it's in its second you know, series or season. And, um, you know, that's something I know that you and I both have watched. I've only watched half of the second season, so I've got a little bit further uh-huh. uh, to go. But let me, you know, let me ask you a question, and this has nothing to do, well, sort of to do with um, Doctor Who. Do you know why sometimes I ref- say seasons and then sometimes I say series? Do you, do you know why I do that? Um, I would assume that it has to do with the American connection. We're used to seasons over here, but, uh, explain why. Okay. Uh, uh, yes and no. Uh, yes, that, you know, that is true. What you just said to give a distinction of the doc, you know, Dr. Who considering that 2005 forward is not considered a re-envisioning like it started over from scratch kind of thing. You don't want to get confused with season 10 and season Ah. 10. Season 10 (laughs) from, you know, 1960-something, 1970-something, or season 10 in uh, 2017. So pretty much people refer to 2005 forward as series 1, series 2, series 3, and then 
you know, the original, and I think back then they were even called seasons back then. So that's why you hear me very specifically say Series 10, simply because, to, you know, that's the distinction. And there are even some people, and, you know, myself included, because I did this when I first got iTunes, I went in and changed the season numbers <laughs> For, for 2005 episodes that I bought 2006 to, say, season 27, season 28, you know, to continue yeah. the numbering from, you know, the original series. So, Well, I think, well, I think formally uh, uh, they've kind of uh, leaned toward making, calling just the old Doctor Doctor classic, yep. kind of. That's kind of how I do it in my library of uh, videos that I have. Right. But um, it just kind of reminds me of me and my brother on Techpedition. We were talking about different properties that come back as the same exact name. So, for instance, there's a video game that came out like the 2000s called Battlefront. Battlefront. There, was a, mm-hmm. there was a Battlefront 1 and a Battlefront 2. Guess what they're calling the new ones that came out in the last few years? Let me guess. Battlefront 1 and Battlefront Battle- 2. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's just weird how things come back around again and it, it all gets kind of confusing confusing definitely in the day where we have the internet you can search for these things and and you know unless things are named distinctly how are you going to find what you're looking for (laughs) all right so i'm going to use your own words against you so you so so how you're describing that if i'm understanding you correctly how you're describing that basically is saying that's kind of irritating that when you're looking at a game and you're seeing it the same name in say 2003 and it's a new version or a new game, but it's the same name in 2017. You're saying that's kind of irritating, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So a couple of weeks ago, a couple of months ago, several episodes ago, whenever it was, I think, if I'm not uh, not wrong, I think you were uh, basically saying the opposite with comic books, saying, oh, it's okay uh, as long as the name, uh, uh, <laughs> as long as the story's good. It doesn't matter if it's a new number one. See, okay. got you on that. Yeah, yeah, you definitely got me on that one. <laughs> use your, see that you know that's the purpose of taking notes. Use use the person's words against them. Well, Kathy, uh speaking of comic books and other geekdom, uh, you're going to talk about this other event that we uh, this event that we have coming up. So, so what is it? Well, um, me, well, well, before I get to that, I got a quick, quick question for you. Sure. Uh, you said you had been gone last week. Uh, are you going to be home all week and all weekend, or are you going anywhere? Yeah, throw it back on me. <laughs> yeah, uh, so actually, this weekend, we will not be in Mississippi. We'll actually be in Atlanta for the Hulana convention, which, uh, if all goes well, it will be me, uh, I'm sorry, yourself, uh, Lee, and myself there. And, yeah, I'm expecting it to be a lot of fun. So, guys, if you don't know what Hulana is, and I'm reading this directly from the website, Hulana is the annual Doctor Who and British Media and Culture Convention in Atlanta, Georgia. Formerly known as Timegate, Hulana is the rebranded name of the convention that fans in the Atlanta area have loved for over over 10 years. So this will be our first time as a group attending a convention. And actually, I think this is going to be my first time uh, attending a uh, Doctor Who slash comic type event. So I'm really excited about it. Yeah, well, you and I are actually in the same boat there because I've never attended a Doctor Who event. And, you know, actually, I've never attended a Comic-Con 
type of thing. <laughs> so so double whammy right there. That's new, you know, for both of us. Now Lee has met Lewis. Uh, so, but when uh, and Lewis is Lewis of Doctor Who Podshock. But if for anybody that's uh, new to the, to our show. Um, but having said that, I asked the other night when we were recording Podshot if any of the others had met. And the original three hosts, Lewis and the other two guys that were the original three of Podshot, um, they've met. But Dave uh-huh. and none of the current group have met. So it's another double whammy when yeah. I get to meet Lee because Lee and Kyle of Podshot and Lee and Kyle of Dr. I mean, discussing who, <laughs> double whammy, kind of, you know, get to meet. So that's very exciting. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be fun to hang out with you guys. And, um, yeah, I can't wait. Well, I'm going to take back what you were throwing just a moment ago, which was the um, comic books and the geek things. Discussing who, which is, you know, going to be Clarence and I, and we may invite a couple of more people, but we have been invited by the um, – not participants, but the people that are heading up Southern Geek Fest, which is a not necessarily Comic Con, but it is a convention in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, which is in Southern Mississippi, and it's um, coming up in May. I think May the twentieth and the twenty-first, I believe. We've been invited to do a panel, a Doctor Who panel. So uh, another yes. first for us. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I again, <laughs> we haven't attended conventions so uh especially a panel is going to be something new for us and yeah i guess i'm uh optimistic <laughs> and uh, i don't i hopefully my nerves won't get in the way of me uh having fun but i think it'll be a lot of fun yeah i think it'll, i think it's going to be fun and i think what what we need to do is just set up a microphone and there's our episode right there from southern geek fest yes and like you said bring a few friends along yep absolutely well, for anyone listening, uh, Lee was supposed to be with us tonight. I know I've uh, referred to uh, Lee just a minute ago. Uh, he was supposed to be with us, but he looks to be to have, to be, have been detained. So um, we, you know, we hope he's not somewhere locked in a vault and trying to get out. But if he is, just you know, mm-hmm. knock, and we'll try to come find you. But before I move any further, or we go any further in the episode. You know, let me say, if you have not seen Thin Ice, which is, again, episode three of series 10, Doctor Who, put us on pause. We're, we're, you know, we're not going anywhere. Put us on pause. Go watch it and then come back and start listening because from here forward, spoilers abound. Spoilers. 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 All right, so Clarence, are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. All right, so let me ask you a quick question. I mean, we've got no news. Pretty much all of our news is where we're going. So Series 3, without really getting in, I mean, excuse me, Episode 3, Thin Ice, without really getting into it yet, just answer this question. Did you enjoy it? Oh, man, probably... One of my fa- definitely one of my favorite Capaldi episodes. So yeah, I really enjoyed it, and quite possibly my favorite four to five minutes of New Who period. Really, and 
Yes, I really enjoyed this episode. And it had some very, very good um, dialogue moments that I really love. Um, but what about you? Did you enjoy <laughs> this third episode of uh, the new season? All right. So what you've known from me in watching Doctor Who, I'm going to ask you, based on your knowledge, do you think I enjoyed it? Um, I think so. I think so. And I'm trying to pinpoint why I, I think you would enjoy this. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm interested to hear your opinion on it. Okay. And, <laughs> and I will say this. I absolutely 100% enjoyed it. This, this was one because I, I, well, let me say this. I listened before recording since we recorded a pod shot last night. I had already watched the episode again, so before recording this, I went back and listened to our last episode, which you know we were talking about Smile. And one of the last comments yeah. I made was, I did not have many notes, uh, you know, written down other than, you know, the uh, notes that I had about the conversations back and forth between Bill and the Doctor. This one. I had notes about the story that had nothing to do with Bill and the Doctor. So, yes, much, (laughs) much stronger episode because it had an episode, you know, it had meat to it that wasn't even connected to the great things that Capaldi and Pearl Mackey were doing. So, yes, I absolutely love this. Oh, man. And the more I see of uh, Pearl Mackey as Bill, man, uh, she's becoming one of my favorite companions. Uh, Just I know we'll get into it. Just the emotion she can portray on screen really, really hit me in this episode. All right. So let's let's just try our best to to chronologically just walk through the episode. And and in doing so, let's you know, let's just take it from uh, from the beginning this is something that they did back in the early 60s that they've really not done in the current uh in, you know version of Doctor Who unless it was a story that you knew without a doubt is you know to be continued it's you know moving from one to the other which is this all is happening you know linear it's all just yes. happening one after the other after the other which again hasn't been done since really the 60s yeah and and it's something you know i wouldn't just it, it didn't just jump out me before like the the previous seasons it just didn't jump out me as being something that they did not do but it's so apparent in these last few episodes that it's like back to back to back and he even mentions you know uh a few hours ago we were uh, uh looking at the deathly robots on another planet right. so so yeah just the how it's all happening in a very very short amount of time is really really interesting. So you know, the, obviously the TARDIS lands, and once again, he he thinks he's back. You know where they started in his office, yeah. and he's in you know eighteen you know the early eighteen hundreds, <laughs> the Frost Fair. Yeah. So uh, I, I got. I well, got let well, well, yeah, let me ask you this. Well, well, let me ask you this. The Frost Fair. Ha- have you ever heard of the Frost Fair before? Uh, no, that is the first time I've ever heard of it. Mm, no, it's not. But you may not have paid attention, and obviously, I paid attention because uh, of who he took to the false 
who he took to the Frost Fair. Uh, and a good man goes to war when um, Rory is dressed up as the centurion coming to get River. She's coming back from the Frost Fair, and the doctor had just taken her. Oh, so that's why that food was his favorite uh, slash he's been there before, which he mentioned. <laughs> Bingo. And he's actually taken uh, the first doctor, and I'm, I'm actually now this part taking from Wikipedia. Um, the first doctor took Vicky and Stephen to the Frost Fair, and they met Jane Austen. And then, um, let's see, there was oh, there was a novelization where the twelfth doctor took Clara to the Frost Fair in eighteen fourteen. So, so back to what you just said, you know, of why him talking about the food. Yeah. Yes, he's been there before. So, so is the Frost Fair a real historical event, or is something just uh, purely invented for the uh, the show? I believe it is a hundred percent real. I think um, th- you know that they mention. Let's see here. Um, well, I'll take this from Wikipedia. Uh, the episode features a visit to the eighteen fourteen Frost Fair, the last one to be held at the old London Bridge, replaced in eighteen thirty one, which caused the water to flow into the Thames to slow enough to allow it to freeze. As part of this stunt during that fair, uh, replicated in this episode exactly, an elephant was led across the, the frozen Thames. So yes, wow, interesting, interesting. So. My question for you is, I know we've spoken of it before, of the TARDIS not taking you where you want to go, but where you need to be. Is that an invention of the new series, or is that something that happened in past times as well in the classic? I th- well, well uh, let me say it like this. Um, one of the reasons the first Doctor couldn't go home, and you know, he said he was cut off, you know, that he and Susan were cut off from their own people, from their own time, but they never really explained that. You just learned that he couldn't control, um, you know, the TARDIS. And then, you know, he, depending on the writers over the years, um, you know, certain people would ride it to the point to where, um, you know, he had a little bit more control of where he wanted to go simply for a storyline reason. But um, I don't really think that explanation, excuse me, was given until the doctor's wife uh, explanation. Uh, okay. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense then. So, um, of course, they land here and you talked about them stepping out and noticing they're in the wrong place. Um they kind of jump back in, take another short trip, and it brings them right back. And they're at a higher point, I guess, where they can look over and see everything. Right. Uh, what jumped out to me from this point is when, um, and I think I came actually came to you probably years ago and asked you, how does Martha Jones go into the past? Yeah, you did. <laughs> I remember that. Be- because of the whole slavery thing. And they kind of, you know, again, uh, Bill asks questions that you want to know and she asked the doctor about this, and uh, the doctor kind of just gives it a, a silent treatment. He doesn't really address it, you know. Um, and then I think later he makes a comment about uh, the history. It's been whitewashed or something to yep. that effect. Yeah, he did. And, you know, as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking about that episode uh, with Martha, and that was uh, The Family of Blood, I think was the name of the episode. And when when we start in that episode – 
the doctor has already hidden himself with using the fob watch as a human. So you didn't have the doctor there to have that interaction that we at least saw, you know, on screen or in story uh, yeah. with, with Martha. She she had to assimilate into that culture that was existing in order to, um, you know, keep an eye on the doctor, the tenth doctor. So I remember from that episode the the woman who actually. Um, is like the owner of the house or whatever. And I remember, I think she hits her hand or she cuts her hand and she cannot believe that Martha knows how to, um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. bandage her or whatever. It was like, I, I remember the total shock and awe of, you know, Oh, well, how you're just a maid. How can you, you know, how do you know this? Yeah. And and I kind of think the silence that we the silent treatment that we get from the doctor in this moment when Bill asks ask about it is kind of just a setup for what we're going to get later when the doctor is just uh, outraged by comments of a, a certain lord. So, <laughs> all right. So let me ask you this. You know, based on what you just said there, did you see? You know, you do, did you see that as a purposeful silence, or did? Did, you know, or well, how how did you? And I think you may have just answered this. So if you did, just say, "Hey, I just answered this." But how did you see his silence there? Yeah, I mean, as I look back on the episode, I think it was very much pur- purposeful. But at the time when I first watched it, I'm like he's just going to brush over this. He's not even going to like acknowledge it. But uh, I, again, I think it was done for a very specific reason, so we can get that later impact uh, later in the episode when when those comments are made uh, by the Lord. I forget his last name. Uh, Sutcliffe, so, 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 I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think it was kind of a setup thing. All right. So here's here's. Here, here was my thought whenever I was watching it, was the doctor is so far removed from any, you know, predisposed prejudices based on whatever, you know, fill in the blank, that yeah. it, 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 it took him a moment to process. I think he just saw Bill for Bill. You know, yeah. Bill is Bill, you know, and... um you know, just like Missy is the master, no matter the fact that she's a woman, for all he knows, this is the master. You know, regardless, yeah. he just sees the the being that is the master. And I think I, as I was watching it, as I, you know, was processing the scene, and even after I went back and watched it again, I saw it more so as he's processing for a moment what other people see her as. Yeah, I mean, I think it also could be something to do with his nonchalantness about uh, time and even death that we see later on in this episode. He's just kind of above it all. And before it was kind of him and Clara being above it all. But now we have this different position where this person is just starting off and is new to this world and and from the doctor's eyes, he's done it all before, but from her eyes, it's all new and it has a lot of more heart attached to it, uh, versus how he sees things. Yep. I agree. So, so keep going, keep going. So, uh, has the TARDIS always had a wardrobe? <laughs> oh yeah. Yep. It's always, yeah. It, it, yeah. even I, uh, I can go back and I mean, I'm just, 
visualizing, you know, people, I, I wish people could see what I'm thinking, uh, but obviously they can't, but I'm picturing these different episodes, even back to the black and white era. And yes, it's always had a wardrobe. Interesting. Interesting. So, so let me, uh, yeah, go ahead. ahead. <laughs> Jinx, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Now, just uh, for the mention, so they get out and kind of move along, and they're uh, indulging in the fair, I guess. Um, what What did you think about the doctor's butterfly joke? Uh, well, <laughs> I, more importantly than that, I just think that it was a, a – and this is my only negative for the entire show, uh, and actually for this season, to be honest with you. I think that we've been cheated a little bit because I would have liked to have had a little bit more um, airtime and seen, you know, a few more stories uh, with Pete because, I mean, Pete was great. And, you know, the fact that we haven't gotten to see (laughs) Pete anymore that, you know, I I wish he would have been on there longer. (laughs) Well played, sir. Well played. (laughs) Yeah. Funny, but cruel at the same time. (laughs) But it goes absolutely back to the butterfly effect, and it's that the when she turned it back on him, I mean, it was like, it's so much of a funny give and take with both of them. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I'm going to I'm gonna try attempt to quote uh, what the doctor says in this moment. Uh, well, I think it was Bill first. He says, she says, every choice I'm making this moment here and now could change the whole future. And I think the doctor says, Exactly like every day of your life, the only thing to do is just to stop worrying about it. Right. Which, which man, is, that's like such a profound statement when you think about you in your current life living. It's the same situation. But I do get Bill's point entirely that she is going in the past and this has already happened and she can actually uh, mess some things up. Which it's funny to me if the doctor again is just no nonchalant about this, like oh whatever, just keep just do your thing. <laughs> yeah, because how do you know that the way things are now is not the result of what you did then? Oh, don't hurt my brain. No, seriously. Okay, no, 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 seriously. <laughs> so, so when you're looking at it from the perspective of oh well, I don't want to you know do something wrong. What if your 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 reality that you know now? is because it is the way it is, is because of something you've already gone back in the past and undone or redone or changed. Yeah, I, I get it completely, man. The, the, the huge problem with time travel as it goes. <laughs> Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. Oh, yeah, certainly. So here was another thing right about the same time. Uh, two two uh, stark comments uh, and one that I was like, okay, they are. Uh, there's going to be people that are not going to like, his, even though it is true, there are going to be people that are not going to like the second comment, which is the doctor's comment. Uh, was I like the part where she said, it's Regency England, a bit more black than they show in the movies. Yeah. And he he <laughs> turns right around and says, so was, so was Jesus, history is the whitewash. And there goes the whitewash comment. Yeah, I'm like, man, they're kind of going for it right there, aren't they? (laughs) I was like jugular, so they went like literally right for it. Yeah, I mean, I think from the crowd that really likes this show or the type of people that really like this show, I think 
most of those people are more open minded than not. So agreed. Agreed. You know, if the statement is true or not, uh, (laughs) uh, or if people want to know if it's true or not, you know, I think it's beside the point. I think in all things Doctor Who, you have to be open minded to the possibilities. And yeah, you're right. They actually went for it with that statement. And I was, I was kind of shocked, but you know, (laughs) but, but, but but at the same time, um, you know, while you're watching it, they didn't make such a, an issue that that was, it didn't feel like, okay, just the same, uh, way that they did with Bill in the first, uh, episode she didn't come out and say hi you know i'm bill and guess what you know i'm a lesbian etc and so forth you know they didn't they just made it part of the story the way they addressed the um you know the slavery in the um in england they just made it part of the story which again i mean the way that they kind of insinuated about the whitewash i kind of feel like they're doing the opposite with this show. They're doing, <laughs> they're showing more culture, which is that true or not? Probably not, but it's still interesting that they took that stance. Okay, all right. So um, let's move up a little bit. So they're so they're walking around, and um, you know, one of my favorite funny quotes in there was uh, he pulls out the sonic screwdriver and says something about it being the sonic screwdriver, and she says, how is that a screwdriver? And he says, yeah, oh, funny. in the very broad sense. And then she says, well, how is it a sonic? And he says, it makes noise. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty funny. And a question for you, is it just me, or does the sonic screwdriver look way more toyish than it's ever looked? Yeah, it looks way more toyish than it's ever looked. I mean, like, uh, I thought the Matt Smith um, sonic screwdriver was a little toyish looking, um, especially if you go back to the um, first sonic screwdriver we ever saw, which looked almost like a pen. And then, of yeah. course, uh, the third doctor uh, really – I think the second doctor only had it once, and that was the one that looked like a pen. But then, you know, you had the um, the the third doctor, and his had like this round ball on the top of it that, um, yeah. you know, that was red. But it was basically – but no, this one looks very gaudy yeah. is a good way to put it. Yeah, I'm 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 totally glad that the screwdriver is back, but man, just the look of it, I don't know if it's to sell props or toys is the thing they're going for, but the blue at the top just looks just looks weird. Yeah, yeah, it's just too I th- and again, I think you're right. You know, it's supposed to light up and it's like, ooh, cool lights and shiny lights and, you know, go buy it. Kyle probably would. But, yeah, I get it. The lights, it's it's, it's, it's a little too much. Yeah, speaking of lights, what do you think uh, when the doctor and Bill go into the pie hut to uh, actually talk to the seller there and the doctor kind of just plays with the 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 host there and talks of, and eventually steals a pie, which I thought was kind of weird. But I think the underlying thing was that he was just really investigating the lights that were under the ice and uh, kind of do, doing it on the sly while Bill was actually um, 
trying to get his attention that she just saw him. So I thought it was weird that he stole the pie. I didn't really get that entirely. So here's my response to that. When you're dealing with the doctor, know that the doctor is always, uh, and I think this is either a River comment or a Clara comment. I'm not sure which, but it's something to the effect he's always two steps ahead of you and uh, and one step behind you, or basically he's out thinking you no matter what you're doing. So yeah. um, you know when you're looking at him doing the thing with the um, with the um, with the pie and you know stealing the pie. There's probably a reason why he's doing that. Yeah, kind of congratulating the host on his kindness, uh, uh, how much of a con artist he is, and and things like that. So, which, uh, which also, no, it just also goes into showing that the doctor will absolutely get uh, obsessed with something because even whenever he got back and they are back uh, into the present, and he's asking Nordle, "Give me a coin." Ah, huh. You know, I didn't so, notice that. So he was still on that flipping of the coin. So it was like, you know, because uh, I think that was the first thing when Nordle brought the tea in was, you know, hey, do you have a coin? Give me a coin. Because he wanted to figure out the flipping of the coin thing. That's interesting. <laughs> wow. So um, this is kind of where the episode turns and gets kind of heavy, in my opinion. Um we see the 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 street orphans or the orphans out in the street um, running a con of their own, um, stealing the doctor's um, sonic screwdriver, and what eventually uh, uh, ends up with the little boy. I forgot his name. Um, uh, let's see here, Spider. Yes, yeah, Spider uh, with the red hat. Yeah, <laughs> it ends up with Spider being taken under the ice but not before the doctor barely retrieves the sonic screwdriver and it's in this moment when I could just see the expression written all over Bill's face of disgust and uh, the feeling uh, that the doctor lacks any heart um, All right, so, it, so 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 let me let me do this before you get to the the interaction between Bill and the doctor because I think that's where you're leading to. Let's go back to that moment where you're seeing the little boy, you're seeing him still, uh, you know, the Sonic, and you know that that interaction up to that point. What were you thinking? With you know, you're seeing the the boy run. The, you know, he's stolen the sonic screwdriver, and I mean, w- we know if something happens to the sonic, we might have to see those damn glasses again. So, <laughs> having said that, what you know, give me give me what you were thinking yeah. um, up until that conversation, or that you were about to get into. What were you thinking? Thinking that? Yeah. Oddly enough, I wasn't really worried about it getting stolen other than other historical implications of it actually falling in the wrong hands or something like that. We've already established that it has a bucket full of more desk full of them. Uh, so the fact that it was going to get stolen really didn't bother me all that much. I thought he would still be OK. And I think that even if you think about the end of this episode, uh, just not to jump ahead too far, but I think he lost it. 
because it was in a tent that got uh, that went underwater. So no, he didn't. He had he had a, he had a um, wire or a string or something. He was pulling it out. <laughs> You're joking, right? No, I'm, I'm not joking. I'm I'm 100 percent serious. What really? Yeah, uh, that was it, when he pulls Bill up to either before, or, but I think right after when he pulls her up to the uh, you know walkway or whatever that they're on. Uh, when the ice is cracking, you see him pulling uh, the Sonic out of the water. See, that's gonna make me mad. That's kind of dumb. Oh. See, I disagree. I think that was that's just what he does. He's two steps ahead of you and right in what you know and right behind you all the time. Yeah. Uh this sounds like the writers were like, Oh no, we can't let the screwdriver go in the water. Let's find a way to bring it in with Bill. Uh, anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't too worried about the it getting stolen, but like you just kinda stated, he's not gonna part with it. All right, so let me other. ask you this. And and, and 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 you'll see in just a moment where I'm leading to. What did you think of without saying, you know, his interaction with Bill, what did you think of the the fact that he wanted the sonic screwdriver, not necessarily the kid, you know, just got taken under the uh, water. Um, I'm not going to say that he didn't want the kid. I think he's just a um, best outcome type of person and move on because he probably saw there was no chance he could save the kid. So he was trying to do the best outcome by saving his son's screwdriver. So I I don't think it was anything more than that. Although Bill saw it very, very different. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on All that? All right. So that here's where I was leading to with that. And, and you basically said it right there. You know, and, and I know this is going to sound cold, but I wasn't caring for, you know, that the kid uh, was uh, under the water. I was thinking, okay, get the screwdriver, get the screwdriver, oh, get the God. screwdriver. And and in that moment when he's getting the screwdriver, I'm not seeing uh, him as in Capaldi. And I think this is the best uh, compliment that you can give any current doctor when you can say, I saw X doctor at that moment and, and I saw the sixth doctor at that moment, which is, really? again, ironic considering that's who we're – you know, going to get to meet this weekend is the sixth and, doctor. And, and what was the reason that you saw the sixth doctor in that moment exactly? As in, okay, you have my sonic screwdriver. I can't do anything to um, save you. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, be sad about it because I've got other things to do. Give me my screwdriver. Yeah. And, and I don't want to really get into the political climate in America, but it kind of reminds me of, how something can be said or done that lacks any heart and it could it can may, maybe be the best of intentions you know uh n- not to to shade anything that anybody's doing but it could be the best of intentions but if something isn't presented in a way that shows a little bit of heart and understanding it could definitely come off in the wrong way very easily okay so Considering what you just said, which I agree 100 percent, shedding the light leads right into where I kept saying, you know, let's stop at, you know, because I think this is the 
best five minutes or what, what the, your comment about one of your favorite parts of Doctor Who. Oh yeah, so so, so, so take it away. Um, and these questions that Bill Axton or Outrage just made me think of all the episodes I've seen previously from the the beginning of the reboot up until now of uh, the situations I've seen the doctor in and how he's reacted and and how many people did uh, fall along the way. How many times was the doctor heartless? So let me let me just repeat what she said exactly. Um, have you seen people die before? You know, referring to the little boy, and she just you know in the heartless heartlessness of the doctor, she just wants to know these answers to this. And then she asks him, uh, "Do you still care?" And then she asks, um, "How many people you've seen die before?" And then, uh, "How quickly do you move on?" And then the final. Uh, the the hardest, maybe the the most heart wrenching question of, of them all is how have you ever killed anyone? Cal, what was your reaction to this line of questioning by Bill? Oh, I thought she she uh, she as Pearl Mackey as an actress every single episode, and I cannot say this about Rose. I cannot say this about Donna. I cannot say this about Martha, and I cannot say this about. Um, you know, uh, Clara or Amy, there, there are very few actresses that in three episodes make me want to say if she is a one season companion, it is a, you know, I, I think it, it will be sad if she's a one because she in three episodes have just, you know, she's been the, to me, uh, and I think I either I don't know who I wh- where and who I said this on, I, uh, but I will say it again. She has helped Capaldi become a very likable doctor. Oh my God! And, and she, man, she, she was amazing. Yes, and and not only her, you know. Again, we talk about the expressiveness of her face that Lee mentioned, and she just acts her butt off in this scene, and not only. Does Pearl Mackey act their butt off? Capaldi in this scene, oh my goodness, the look on his face when he's just, it's almost a look of, how dare you ask me these questions? You know, smugness. But, but not. I feel, yeah, but not. And I, I totally feel all the emotion on his face when I, I could kind of feel his heart breaking at the line of questioning. It's just a, a great great Doctor Who moment, man. It's it's just awesome. And so, I mean, quite honestly, it's the only time, the only time I've ever, you know, I didn't cry, but it's the only time I've ever really gotten emotional in a Doctor Who episode. It's, it's just phenomenal, phenomenal acting in that, that bit know, there. On, on both of them. I mean, on, you know, and, and again, I, I'm not uh, disrespecting the work of Jenna Coleman at all, but I just wish that we could have had three seasons, two seasons of these two together, because yeah. it's it's made even with a such hefty topic as, as as you know you know this was this it's fun to watch these two together. Yes, yes, and then the doctor's response. 
I'm 2,000 years old. I never had the time or the luxury out, for outrage. It was just great, a great response. And, man, like you said, they're just hitting all cylinders on it. It's just, just great. Well, you know, it, it it's another commentary to, to piggyback off something you just said. It's another commentary on our present world of Facebook and Twitter and Google Plus and you know XYZ social media where it's so easy for us to get outraged over incidental small minute things that we a have no control over and b in the grand scheme of things don't matter and we yes. get so you know you know and I'm I'm talking about myself I do it I I mean I'm I'm guilty of that and you know the the comment of him saying you know I, I've never had the time for or the you know for outrage you know again t- uh, twice or third or f- however many times in this episode uh, it just says that Sarah see what's her name Sarah Dollard who wrote this um, very good writer yes 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 so uh, moving on from this point, I have a huge problem with the next scene, even okay. though I, I, I kind of liked it. Uh, this whole plan to get taken under and get the diving suits, it just seemed kind of dumb. <laughs> uh, these things are connected with a tube that allows them to breathe, I guess. Um, and... Yeah, I don't know if he got this from the wardrobe as well, or he just got this from somewhere on the pier. But to me, it was it was just a a a weird plan. Okay, necessary well, but weird. All right, so let's assume for a moment. Well, let's assume for the sake of the story that he found it on the pier, because if you got it from the wardrobe, you would have had to have gone back into the TARDIS and seen the alert. Uh, you know. Um, you know, life sign detected under the Thames. Yeah. So, yeah, true. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I'm kind of with you there. So let's yeah, and, go ahead. And if the ice, if the ice was closing up once, the, once they went under, how did the breathing apparatus even work? Cause it's like a tube coming from the suit. So I, I didn't really understand that either. Um, so yeah, good point. And I, I haven't even thought of that one. All right, so let me ask you this. So let's let's jump on up so we get to Lord Sutliff's house. So, oh. So take that scene. Uh, so I don't even know the exact quote, so I'm not even going to say it. But before uh, Lord Sutliff walks in, he kind of tells Bill, you know, hold back. I got this. This guy may be an alien, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, we need to have a proper talk with him. We don't need you as we know Bill to be uh, very emotional flying off the handle. <laughs> so, um, man, as soon as this guy walks in, he says like probably some of the most racist stuff I've ever, I've, I've heard period on TV in quite some time. <laughs> All right. So let me ask you this before, before we get to the Capaldi's response, did you, okay. So was he masking in your opinion, um, was he masking, well, we don't know this man could be an alien, so, let, you know, you fly off the handle, et cetera, and so forth. Was that a mask for this You're guy's going to be? Yeah. 
Exactly. It, it, at first, I thought it was, and it very well could have been. Maybe that's just that was his uh, uh, easy way of telling her, you know, we are in, you know, the past, and you are uh, uh, African American. So not African American. You're African British. <laughs> you're black. Yeah. So. It, what is it, African British? I don't even know what the terminology is. That probably isn't because I think that that literally is something that you know America created. Okay, so you're black, so of course you talking to a lord is going to cause some issues. So maybe, like you said, that was his diplomatic way of telling her. You know, maybe you need to hold back and let me handle this. Uh, and he's he's kind of makes a statement what passion fights but uh, reason, reason wins wins right yeah right before Laura Sutliff walks in and yeah uh, you want to take that? yeah no just the whole uh, you know a we've never seen this doctor do anything really really physical and the yes. first time we see him do something physical is. He uh, pretty much, you know, knocks him to the floor. So kudos for him. Yeah, I thought that was great. So a a classic who question for you. Okay. Uh, Have we known doctors to throw blows in times past? Oh, yeah. Remember I was telling you that the uh, sixth doctor tried to strangle Perry after. I mean, that's not the same thing, but he tried to strangle Perry after uh, regenerating. But yeah, I've seen. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, actually, I don't know as far as blows go, but um, <laughs> the um, the second doctor was very physical. Had a lot of physical, like running and jumping, and you know. But now the third doctor was known for his Venetian judo, as he called it. Ah, uh, there was a sword fight that I've seen. Uh, with between him and the master, and um, yes, the third doctor especially was a ve- you know very uh, James Bondy, very um, you know very physical. So yeah, he did a lot of you know um, scenes where you know, I'm, I, I mean I, I can remember there you could tell sometimes there were stunt doubles, but still the yeah. third doctor was very um, very physical. Yeah, yeah, it, it was definitely. Fun. And, you know, again, we mentioned this earlier that he may have downplayed it, the uh, the fact that, you know, she was black early in the episode to actually make this moment here have a bit more impact. And it did because we saw the doctor um, take up for Bill in a way I really didn't expect. So, yeah, seeing the doctor go to fisticuffs was was, was pretty interesting. (laughs) And the guy that played, uh, and his name is Nicholas Burns, the guy that played Sutcliffe, is a very good actor because within he had probably, at max, five to ten minutes on yeah. on screen, maybe, you know, more like five, but but still, in a very smart, I mean, it's a very small period of time. He came across very slimy and very unlikable. And as an actor, if to do that and establish that so quickly yeah. and for that amount of time, that's a good job. So he did a very good job of being bad. Dr. Disco from the Fairford Club. Obviously, one aspires to membership, but to actually be considered for... Who, who let me... 
let this creature in here. On your feet, girl, in the presence of your betters. He's human. 31 years of age. Low and iron. Yeah, that was pretty convincing racism for an extraterrestrial. My thoughts exactly. Yeah, yeah, he he definitely played his role really well. So after the doctor throws his blow and we see his henchmen walk in and and kind of bound the doctor and 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 Bill, um, you know, earlier when the doctor um, grabbed his his uh, sonic screwdriver and let the little boy uh, go under, um, you know, Bill was not very pleased about that. She was indignant about that whole situation. And we see here in this moment when they're bound and they're talking to Lord Sutcliffe that her opinion just goes, uh, takes a 180 when the doctor gives this awesome, awesome monologue about the nature of humans and um, how we should be good people. (laughs) Just just an awesome bit of monologue by by Capaldi. Right. The whole thing of just because you have advanced industry does not make your basically life better than you know anybody else and yeah that was that was great yeah yeah just the expression on on bill's face was was you know it it tells the tale of that scene and you know another reason why i like this episode is just in just in that moment my brain is already starting to process what can i learn to quote from that this is a quotable (laughs) episode you know this is this is one of those that i will learn to quote like i learned uh this is actually uh now i know they keep talking about the zygon invasion as he he having a um scene in there where it's a you know speech that's very quotable but this is one of the few capaldi episodes where i can say okay i'm going to learn that i'm going to memorize that and and this is Actually, the first one where I have purposely said, I'm going to learn some of this dialogue. Yeah, and, and what's so poignant about what the type of things that he says in this episode is not only having to do with Doctor Who, like the quotes that he, that he gives in this episode are good quotes for life, period. You know, very, very poignant to our, our political climate and life climate, the world climate. It's just a lot of good stuff in this episode. So let's. So so we obviously know uh, that. Well, we well we find out at the end that uh, the creature that's under the lake or under the under the Thames is being held there, and they're basically using crap, for lack of a better word. Uh, <laughs> as as fuel, and that's why yeah. um, you know they they've captured this creature, which is um, you know it's just amazing that you know that that's what they were doing, and that was yeah. why they were keeping it there just for that. Yeah, but the, although I never really figured out what the small fish played in the whole thing, um, other than bringing the the humans in to consume for the big the the big monster i don't really see what they got out of it did you uh, no. actually gather no uh and i think last night i'm not sure if it was lewis or if it was 
Dave on Podshock, one of them basically, I think, had that same question. You know, didn't really see the 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 connection there. Yeah, um, and, and of course we have that kind of the back-to-back classic tie-up moment of the doctor and Bill, and the henchman comes in, and the doctor kind of gets him caught up with the sonic, the sound of the sonic screwdriver that gets him pulled under. Um, it's it's still kind of shocking to me. Well, not shocking, but very emotional how Bill is still perturbed by like death, um, and. Even this second one of this 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 episode, she is still has kind of the same reaction. She's like totally shocked and and visibly upset by seeing even the, this hitchman go under. Yeah, and you know, it, I guess looking at it from the perspective of what she said, it's different seeing something that is dead than it is to see something die. Huh, interesting. You know what I'm saying? From the perspective yeah. of, you know, yeah. uh, if, if if you know something is dead, that's different than seeing something die. Yes, yes. Uh, and that might be a callback to Smile, where um, the older woman was just 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 there laying laying there dead. And, you know, they even talked about the the bones in the garden. So right. I, I don't I don't know if it's just piling up on her at this point. You know, she's having this voyage of adventure and wonder. But, you know, at every corner, she's met with death and destruction as well. So uh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how her view either changes or um, she just kind of doesn't worry about it as the season go on goes on or will that be the reason why she ultimately is not a companion anymore right. i don't know <laughs> well well it's funny cuz you segued into something that i was about to mention and it was something that i mentioned last night again on podshot but i'll say it again which is and i'm going to say it exactly the same way and no more she made a comment uh, at the beginning asking about parallel worlds and he said no this is you know this is not a parallel world there's no i've I've come to learn and i've come to expect there to be no chance mentions usually and that's all i'm going to say so take it as you wish hmm. so did that that have something to do with the parallel world cybermen uh no maybe? no 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 but just 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 take that as you will Oh, you got my brain turning now. I'm so, wondering if have, to, have so you, been other so, parallel worlds in the past in Doctor Who. That's the only one I know of. So there you go. Um, so <laughs> let's talk about the kids for a second. Um, at the end, you know, you come you come back and what did you think about what he did with the house? Um, I thought that was pretty awesome. <laughs> And again, the times they were in, he kind of uh, got the boy's name because even though the girls were older and more responsible, you know, um, you need a lord for the house. And the times they were in, it was hard for, as a girl, to have, I guess, to have ownership of, of the, right. the mansion. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And, yeah, the doctor doing what the doctor does. You know, we see him steal in this episode. We see him forge a, a document. So, hey, he's sitting in on all cylinders. <laughs> And, you know, one of the things that I found interesting, uh, the little boy's name was Perry. Even though it was spelt differently, he spelled 
when he was writing the boy's name, he didn't spell it P-E-R-R-Y. He actually spelled the full name of Perry Brown, who was, the, again, another uh, nod to the sixth doctor. He, she, wa- she was traveling with the fifth doctor at the moment when he transforms or regenerates into the sixth doctor. So that was another throwback right there with that name. He spells out the full ver- spelling of her name, I believe. Ah, oh, that's interesting. I didn't catch that. Wow. Yeah, not the, you know, not the, you know, uh, you know, not her last name, Brown, but, uh, you know, he did, you know, put the Sutcliffe, you know, at the end, but still spelled it like, uh, she, you know, she would have spelled it, if, I'm, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. So, so we get to the end, and uh, Mama Nordle was back, and... Uh, he's made tea. Uh, yeah. And with coffee. <laughs> Yeah, and, he, and at first I guess he thinks they just uh, used the TARDIS to come directly back to the office, but then I guess he notices what they're wearing, right. and he becomes indignant. You know, he's back to this promise thing that you made, and the doctor kind of just tells him to get over it, you know? Yeah, and so, which is which is weird for me that the doctor has said he's going to do something, and... Nordle, who is a companion, whatever Nordle is, well, we know that he didn't ask to be put back together, so we know that he's cyborg or whatever he may be. Um, having said that, um, oh, I just thought of something, but I'm not going to mention it, but oh, I just thought of something. Um, <laughs> wow. Okay. So, um, regardless of what, he's more worried about what's going on seemingly than the doctor is yes 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 and i don't know if it's just the doctor not being worried or is it or is that he has the power of time so nothing's really off the table you know he can fix anything because of that power um he can go off on these adventures and still be back and nothing's happened the tea is just getting made you know so um I don't know. I, I don't know if it's completely um, just the doctor being nonchalant, not caring about it. I just think he believes that there's nothing outside of his reach when you have a, a time machine. Okay. So if that were true, then why is whatever, whoever, it ever, that's in the vault, even in the vault, if, if there's no repercussions – yeah, yeah, true. true. So, 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 so let's jump to this. Nordle goes downstairs, or you know, goes to the vault, and it seems like to me this is the first time he's ever heard the I, the inside of the vault respond back. Did you get the yeah. same thing? Um, I don't, I don't know if I thought it was the first time. But whatever it was, he was just not having it. Um, uh, what made you think it was the first time? I don't know. It was kind of like he was acting a little shocked as, you, you know, you know uh, I, I guess I need to go back and watch it. Because when I watched it the first time, I was kind of listening for something and then didn't actually get it. And then I started reading online people saying oh well this that and this so i walked 
you know, watched it whenever I watched it the second time, I was purposely looking for this particular something. Um, do you know what that particular um, um, something was? Well, I was finna ask you before you mentioned that you've been reading online, <laughs> so you may have already gotten spoilers here, uh, but I, I'm assuming it's all just speculation. Um, what did you, well, you asked me first, so I guess I'll answer it. I really didn't have a clue. All I heard was banging. I didn't hear anything in that sequence that made me think it was a particular person or a particular thing. I'm really at this point, no clue, but I haven't read anything okay. online. So, well, well, so the, that, well, the rumors online of something Christmas has nothing to do with, with what I'm referring. Okay. So, okay. So what I actually was re- reading and I actually, when I watched it was counting this, but then I didn't three get knocks. it. Yes. And I went back and watched it the second time, and on the uh, like the last time that the occupant, you know, the occupant knocks, there are four knocks. Hmm. So he shall knock four times. I'm just saying. So for those of us who don't have the uh, the 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 bulletproof memory that you have, I kind of uh, give us the update on what that actually means. Okay. You don't remember from uh, 2008, 2009 when uh, the 10th um, the, um, Doctor, or when um, David Tennant said that he was leaving, they wrote in, he will knock four times that... Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. And there's also the sound of drums, which is the the... Uh, time, uh, the heartbeat of a time lord, which is, oh, I should say, okay. you know, maybe I just need to give you some kind of master class on Doctor Who, <laughs> so, which you just have briefly. <laughs> so there you go, master. Uh, and I did a masterful job. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say I'm the Doctor Who master. So there you go. <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, uh, I mean, we know that John, I mean, it's not a spoiler that they put out that John Sam is returning as a an incarnation of the Master. So the question being, is that Missy, is that the Master, or was it's is it something else or someone else? We'll yeah. find out, I guess, soon enough. Oh, yeah, and I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm enjoying the ride, man. Just keep these these good juicy episodes coming and I'm on board. <laughs> All right. So uh, on a scale of one to five, what would you give it? I'd have to give it a, the 4.8, 4. 4.7, 4.8. 4. Uh, just one of the most fun, um, deep episodes, you know, on the surface, you know, it's not very deep if you look at the story, but some of the things that were said in this episode, I felt were very deep and 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 um kind of reflected on me a lot um being a black person <laughs> you know uh, i just i just feel it was a really good episode and some of the monologues from the doctor was it was just fantastic and i'm enjoying bill's reactions bill's questions i'm a, i'm in, also still enjoying the doctor's responses and it's it's just it's the enemies are getting better as we go along. So I'm I'm just hoping this ramping up continues. 
So what about you, Cal? What, what did you, how do you rate this episode? All right, so here's how I rate it. And, you know, as I'm sitting here trying to rate, I'm wondering if I need to start rating it lower because I know that there's greater episodes <laughs> coming. So if you, if you keep rating things so highly, then when you get to these episodes that are going to be like mind-blowing that I am anticipating, yeah. you know, we may just have to say, all right, out of one out of five, we're going to give that a six or a seven and say that's okay. So, yeah. so if we say that now, that it's okay to give higher than a, than a, even though five is our top, if we can still <laughs> give it higher than yeah. a five, I will, yeah. I'm going to go with your 4.8, 4.75. There were some, you know, little bitty minor inconsistencies, like you said about the, um, the water suits and whatever. Um, but, but this episode is quotable, it's enjoyable, and now comparing it to Smile again, I could go sit down right now and watch this episode again. I could obviously watch the other episode, Smile again, but... I would just be watching it because, oh, well, you know, it's Doctor Who and I'm going to watch it again. I think I could watch this one again and enjoy it just as well. So 4.75. Awesome. Awesome. All right. So, uh, Clarence, uh, would you like to tell everybody how to get in touch with us? Yeah, I just want to say, first of all, please, please, if you enjoy this show and you're using Apple Podcasts or iTunes on the desktop, please search for Discussing Who and give us a rating. Leave us some feedback. Just tell us what you liked about this episode. You know, nothing nothing fancy. Just just please, uh, that help, every little bit helps. So you can um, find us at DiscussingWho.com, uh, at DiscussingWho on all of your social medias. And uh, you can actually drop us a voicemail, uh, 805-850-DWHO. All right, so anything else you're working on? Um, just the same old, same old, man. Uh, the Techpedition podcast. Uh, pretty much just, just uh, haven't had a new episode in the past week, but just go to techpedition.com if you want to check out that podcast, which is mostly about tech and anime and stuff like that. You know, uh, similar to this podcast, just on a few different subjects. But, uh, yeah, check that out. And that's pretty much all I've been working on. What about yourself? Well, you know, I keep mentioning Doctor Who Podshock, so obviously you can find me on there, too. And um, Clarence and I, both of our shows, uh, you know, discussing who and uh, his show that he has, Techpedition, is also part of Geeks Recording in the South, Grits, and it uh, has some other local Mississippi, Southern uh, podcast and YouTube channels. So it is, correct me if I'm wrong here, Clarence, it is uh, gritsms.com. And uh, you can also find uh, Grits on social media, and those social media accounts are listed on that website as well. So check, check check that out, and we will have some... Probably our next episode after this one will not be a review. It will most likely be live from Hulanta. So um, expect that uh, coming up in the next uh, week or so. And thanks, everyone, for listening. So on behalf of everyone at Discussing Who, we are out of here. 
You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.